Hello and welcome to the Grassroots Coachcast, episode 18. I'm one of your hosts, Dave. And I'm Ben, and it's good to be back with you after a small break. Today we're going to be talking about commitment and dedication. That's what you need. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Ben, we've been off for a few weeks. How's it been going? Yeah, good. Enjoying the World Cup, obviously. And a uh, quick plug for the uh, other podcast that we're doing, the Chat Footy podcast, uh, which obviously we've been tweeting out, so hopefully people are enjoying that. But yeah, um, World Cup's good in terms of the footy. Uh, not been up to too much. We've had a few weeks break. So we had a tournament uh, two, three weeks ago. Uh, we got out of our group and then we lost in the uh, quarterfinals 1-0 to a team about four divisions above us so we weren't disgraced but um, it was there were little eight minute games which I found a bit of a nightmare personally um, so yeah it was kind of hard to get any cohesive football going and I had quite a few players missing as well but um, yeah it was a good good morning enjoyed it um, then we got a tournament this Saturday which is a seven aside which will be good um, and they're 20 minute games actually there's only four four teams in a group so we're playing 20 minute games which I think will suit us a bit more um, Yeah, and I got my goalkeeper back which is a bonus because he couldn't play last time so he had seven teeth out the day before Oof. so uh, yeah so we were alternating goalkeepers which is an ideal um, I was going to ask that if he was a crocodile but I think I made that joke last time so yeah, <laughs> I, I kind of forgot it but I, I just it just was the first thing that came to my mind <laughs> so seven teeth that yeah, is a lot he was supposed to have two and then in the end they took seven out and his mum sort of messaged us the night before saying, I don't think he's going to make it. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Leave him, leave him to rest. So, um, so yeah, so we back Saturday. So uh, we missed him. So um, yeah, got reasonable hopes we'll do well. So we'll see how we go. How about you? You had an cool. interesting tournament, I think, in the weekend. Yeah. So I guess there's a, there's a couple of things and I, and I'll just say, so we didn't, we didn't announce, I don't think in our last episode that we were going to have a little break, but we started off this new venture, didn't we, that we were going to follow the world cup. And so there's a separate podcast that you've mentioned there. And so we we're doing that one every couple of days. And so we just wanted to, while we're in the off season, if you like, so we've got some tournaments on the go, but we just kind of wanted to um, just take a little bit of a break there, but we wanted to keep, putting out content as well. So we'll be putting uh, episodes together probably every other week while the World Cup's on. But like say, if you if you want to listen to uh, myself and Ben's thoughts, and plus we've got a bunch of other guests as well on on the Chat Footy podcast, then, then get across and, and have a listen to that. I think it's a fantastic World Cup. Um, and the VAR stuff, which is supposed to eliminate all the ambiguity, just seems to be adding to the drama and the theatre. So I personally think it's all fantastic. But anyway, that's not what we're on this podcast for. So I guess there's a couple of different things. So we, we had a weekend off. So I took the opportunity to go and see my little lad play in a tournament. And then the girls had a tournament last weekend as well. The the lads tournament was interesting. It was under eights. And it it was uh, you know, like most tournaments, one club has has taken it upon themselves to to put to organize this thing. So, you know, well done to them in, in the first place. But I just found it very, very different <laughs> to the uh to the girls' football. And I don't know if it's just, I'm talking about one data point. So I don't, I'm not talking about a trend over lots of different under eights tournaments that I've been to, mm. but the, the, the standard of, uh, I don't want to say refereeing, but overall fairness, uh, didn't seem to be quite the same. So while, the lads were playing. And, and I should say, part of the background to this is in our club, there's, and in the under eights teams, they've separated out the guys who are technically and tactically better into one team. 
and the guys who aren't quite so good into another team. And they agonized over this and whether that was the right thing to do a lot last season. And initially they had them all spread out over two teams equally. But the guys who weren't as good weren't getting as much pitch time. And even though the the coaches were trying to do that, it, it just ended up leaning towards, you know, the better players. And the better players were getting frustrated. And then the the players who weren't as good were surrendering the ball to the better players and not really looking like they were enjoying it when they were on the pitch. So anyway, after this was all going on last season, they decided to split it up in that way. So it kind of initially when I heard of this approach, it seemed a bit elitist, but I can kind of buy into the reasons for it. And so my lad, he, he's in the not so good squad. You know, he's he's not he's not really innately gifted in, in the ways of football. So this team had been explicitly invited along. So the Tigers team had been explicitly invited to this tournament. Now we got there and it was very obvious that they were more the standard of our A team, if you like. Yep. And so after watching a few games, I'm thinking, hang about, we've been set up here. (laughs) We've been invited along to be the fodder. And so that annoyed me a bit, quite honestly, at the start. And then, so anyway, it's like, okay, whatever. The kids, if the kids don't care, then I don't care. Certainly don't care about the results. But, you know, when they're not hardly getting a touch of the ball because the other kids are running rings around them, it's, it's not a great experience for anyone or you wouldn't think it would be and the home team we were playing in the in the in our final game so there were no it wasn't a knockout tournament it was kind of like a fair play one so it was round robin everyone played everyone else so everyone had five games and then that was it and the home team i noticed there were a couple of lads that were just for their age big bruisers and they, we were playing them last. So I got to watch them in some of their other games. And this number eight and number nine, they, they were okay on the ball, but they were just, they'd be better suited on a rugby pitch because all they were doing was just handing off the smaller, weaker kids. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I'm not trying to be a smart aleck there, literally handing them off. Yeah. And, you know, the ref's doing absolutely nothing about it. And so that's like, well, okay, that's, that's one thing. Um, but then I noticed this this number eight. He was one of those kids who just gets so angry, like he starts crying, oh. you know. And so just he got tears in his eyes. And this is this is a couple of games before we're going to play them. And so he just goes flying into tackles and stuff, and he's got tears in his eyes. I'm thinking someone needs to have a word with him he can't be enjoying it you know and it is dangerous and so anyway it's like all right whatever that that's their game so anyway we get to our game and he i'm trying to think what what was the bit that happened first oh yeah okay so he goes through one-on-one with the goalkeeper this number eight and our defender gets a last ditch tackling very fair tackle but it it does you know so it's one of those where you get in front of the ball and then your momentum takes you over the ball and over. So so you went, the attacker ends up on the floor as well. And yeah. so you could see he was really angry about that. <laughs> and I'm on the sidelines and I'm thinking, I can see what's going to happen here. Uh, but then anyway, he sort, sort of carries on. And then he starts having a swipe, starts having a kick out at the other players. Right. And then so I'm just... Signal over to the referee. I said, ref, player is trying to kick out at other players. Can you have a word? Do something? Right, right, okay. I've got 14 players to manage here. Right, okay. It's five aside, but okay. <laughs> we'll call it 14, shall we? Then anyway, game carries on, and one of our kids kicks the ball, tries to launch it upfield. That's not what we promote, by the way, but tries to launch it upfield, smacks this kid in, right in the stomach. Now, there's no question it must have hurt. Right, but it's just one of those things that happens. But anyway, he, he notches up his anger from you know nine out of ten to eleven. <laughs> so now he is absolutely so angry. He's going to rip a you know yellow pages book in half. You know, 
<laughs> and it's like you can see everyone can see what's going to happen and then sure as eggs are eggs our left left back starts to take it up the wing he runs half the length of the pitch and absolutely takes him out no eyes on no eyes on the ball whatsoever and takes him out i just i just lost it <laughs> and and I, I you know i fell off the respect bandwagon if i'm honest you know <laughs> so i'm just saying ref will you do something about that player now instead of actually dealing with the problem the kid is lying on the floor he had to be carried off so he, he couldn't play again he had stud marks all down his leg so he walks over and he says look guys these are kids i said you need to address that problem right there or else you know someone's gonna get hurt and then it said look guys this and so there's there's a couple of other parents stood with me and you know everyone's going understandably nuts and he's saying look this is learning you know it's not like watching match of the day mm. i'm like do not give me your cliches right you need to be providing the kids a safe environment and you're not doing it and so i just i was really really angry to be honest and he was just doing nothing didn't even award the free kick and i was of course it was a home ref wasn't it so after that game i i was just thinking what what is the score here what is the difference is it is it because i'm i've been coaching the girls and i i'm just protected from this this level of competition or what and i ended up i went up to the bloke after and I, I said, look, sorry, I lost my temper a bit there, but, <laughs> you know, I'm expecting you and the coach who did nothing to protect the kids as well. And he said, oh, yeah, the coach has had a word with him. He's he's going to sit out the next game. I said, well, that doesn't really help, does it? You know, so so the kid didn't have a broken leg, <laughs> but... But he could have quite easily been that. Like I say, there were stud marks all down his shin. He had intentionally gone in to take him out. Now, we all make mistakes. We've all been kids. But they, the kids kind of have to be protected themselves, don't they? Surely. Yeah, of course they do. So, you know, that one really left a sour taste in my mouth. And uh, so the coach, I, I wasn't part of this conversation. The coach came over to our coach. And, you know, so our coach was saying, you know, bang out of order. And the guy says, look, the guy got a couple of kicks in the last game. So he's a bit upset. <laughs> so I only found out this after. And I thought, right, so you're, you are enabling that kid to go and do that again. You're making excuses for him and saying he got a couple of kicks in the last game. So in the next game, he just wants to take lumps out. Someone to take it out you know, on someone else. I just thought, oh, it's bang out of order. No, it is. No, you're totally, I think, harder than the same, to be perfectly honest. Well, I think, I think I'd said to you over the text message, I, I was seriously questioning whether, you know, was I in the wrong? How would I have handled it differently? Mm. Because I, I, I don't think, you know, we've, we've done episodes, haven't we, about shouty parents and stuff like that. And I thought, hang about, have I, have I just become one of those? <laughs> yeah, that's different. That's but, kind of looking after the welfare of your players, which I think is totally fair enough. Yeah, and, and you know, you're always going to try and justify it, but I genuinely am trying to be objective. And, and I think it was just, it was negligence on the part of the, the home ref Yep. And who was a coach? I don't. I don't know if he was a coach for that team, but he had the colours on and everything, and the the team coach on their side as well. If yep. that was my player, you know, each time I could see that was bubbling over, I'd yank them right off the pitch. Yeah, of course you would. Oh, that's a no-brainer. I mean, it's ridiculous that was allowed to happen, but you know, yeah, disappointing, disappointing to hear. Have you had that before? Have you had similar things like that? No, never really. That I can not really. No, I can't think of anything like that. I mean, I'd probably would have done the same thing to be honest. Or if it was bad enough, I'd have just said, "Look, I'm going to take my players off if you don't do something about it, and we'll forfeit the game." If it was, if it was that bad, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not worth somebody getting a broken leg or anything. It's ridiculous. 
Yeah, I think that'd be an interesting tactic. Like I say, this this wasn't even my team. I was just coming along, thought I'll spend some of my leisure time seeing how the little lads getting on. Yeah. <laughs> and it, again, it wasn't uh, it wasn't my lad who got taken down. It was it was one of it was one of the other players. So it's not as if you know I'm just being protectionist over yeah, yeah. over my boy. Like, um, but yeah, I think if. I, I think if I'd have been the coach, would I have thought of that? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But I think that's an interesting point. Just like, look, either do something about this kid or game's over. Yeah. I think that's because like you say, these are, these are 10 year old kids. It's not, it's not a premier league game going for the title. You know, yeah. if you, if you break a kid's leg, well, they got to live with that for the next, however many months, you know, through the summer, scratching away at those unreachable itches. <laughs> so that, that was my experience. Uh, like I say, my leisure time there. So my time off from being the coach. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it did. It it genuinely had me doing a lot of soul searching because I thought, you know, have I reacted in the wrong? What, what could I have done differently? Yeah. Um, is this what it gets like? You know, uh, so I think I think the answer to all those things is probably yeah, probably would go down the route. So even if I wasn't the coach, you know, have a word with the coach to say, look, this is out of order. You're not providing a safe environment, yeah. and you know, um, probably handle it that way rather than you know letting it bo- boil over and then just losing your rag with. Uh, with the home coach or referee, home referee. No, no, I totally agree with you, mate. I think you're in the right there, to be honest. Anyway, after that frivolity, (laughs) (laughs) should we get on to this week's topic? Let's do it. So this week, we're going to talk about commitment and dedication. Ben, do you want to do you want to start us off? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's for me there's two two sides to what what we want to discuss. The first is parents buy into the whole uh, club team ethos, I suppose, in terms of getting players to training uh, on time, um, communicating with me as a coach about if they can't make training. Um, just just having that kind of mindset that you know they've committed to doing something like this, and therefore players should be at training more often than not. Obviously, there's times when they can't get to training, which is fine. But just having the sort of courtesy to sort of obviously keep me keep me aware if people can't go to training and that kind of thing. And the second part of it is the sort of behaviour of the players at training on match days and that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm there's two sides and I think it's kind of pertinent for me at the moment because I've had a I've had a few issues with um players not coming to training this last month now obviously there's a part of me that thinks well it is kind of the off season so it's not like we're training at the club you know we are training at a park now um and I'm kind of just keeping it going really not every week um, but more often than not, I'm doing training because I think at the end of the day, the kids just like coming down and having a kick about, if nothing else. Yeah. Get some out of the house and all that sort of thing. And to be honest, the general turnout's been really good. Um, and then the other part, obviously, with the players' behaviour is it's going to be interesting for me next year because we've got three new players. Um, one of them is friends with a couple of the, a few of the others from school uh, in my team. And I've noticed that the kind of messing around level when they shouldn't be messing around has kind of gone up a notch when these right. gang are kind of around together with each other. So it's just something I've got to keep an eye on um, because it all, I don't think it's the right way to behave really because the majority of the group are really good and they're really, they're quite attentive when you talk to them and they want to listen and learn. And if you've got a few people messing around and just, not listening to you and doing silly things and trying to wind other players up. It's like, well, hold on a minute. So 
I've been in my head thinking, how am I going to kind of approach that next year? Because this year I didn't, rightly or wrongly, I didn't do a big speech about what I expect of the players in terms of how they behave and all that sort of thing. I've not really had any problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there's been a couple of lads that have not come to any training at all in the month. They've missed three, the last three sessions. And on two of the weeks, both the parents messaged me probably half an hour before training was due to start saying, oh, so-and-so is not coming tonight. Um, and at least one one of them didn't give me a reason. And the other one gave me a reason that he was doing something else on Thursday night, which obviously she'd have known about days in advance. It's not like this has just come up out of the blue because it's another activity yeah, yeah. he obviously does. And again, I got told 30 minutes before trading was starting. And the thing is, I, I leave work an hour before trading. So I'm riding home to trading. So I, I don't pick any messages up in that hour. So I get in and Deb said to me, oh, you're not going to have anyone at training tonight because I've been messaged by like three or four people in that hour saying, oh, so-and-so's not coming tonight. So the plan I put together for, let's say, between 10 and 12 players, all of a sudden I've got, say, eight. And it just completely throws your whole practice planning out the window. Yeah, it's yeah. really frustrating, obviously. Um, and then last week, the two players, this, this is, last week was the third time in a row they didn't come. And I didn't even get a message from the parents, which really annoyed me. I didn't even, I didn't even get he can't come, which I thought was a bit out of order, personally. Um, because if it's me, I would I would go I would always. I mean, we did it with Elijah last year when Elijah was training with me. His other Saturday team, he he used to miss their training more often than not. He'd go two weeks to me, then one week to his other training. Mm-hmm. Still, and we got in a routine, but we still always told the coach that he wouldn't be going. We didn't just not tell him. And it's just a kind of common courtesy, I think. Um, and again, I've never, ever mentioned that to the power. I've never, ever had to say, and to be honest, for the most part, they're really good. But these two lads who didn't come this last few sessions, last season, they were one of them was late all the time. And I mean all the time. He was mm-hmm. always late. On a match day, he'd sometimes turn it. One time he turned up after we'd kicked off and he was supposed to be starting the game. And... Pretty much every other game, especially away games, he'd turn up five minutes before kickoff. <laughs> I always asked them to be there half an hour before. Um, and the other one, I would say every two, every other week he'll miss. He would miss training last season. He would come one week and he'd miss the next week. Come one week, miss that, and he missed quite a few games as well. So it's the same kind of two. And I'm kind of thinking, well, you know, I've got to try and probably lay some ground rules down for next season whether it'll work or not I don't know but I just think there needs to be a bit of I mean being a bit more well this is kind of what I expect kind of thing and I don't want to be over you know overbearing about it but I just think being late I think is ridiculous constantly that's obviously not the players for that's the parents I was going to say, so they're they're the ones getting the lift, aren't they? So that's uh, it's an indication of the parents more than the player, probably. Absolutely, that's what I mean. I'm not. This is not his fault because he can only do. He's at the mercy of his parents getting him there, but he hasn't got any brothers or sisters, which makes it even more kind of bewildering. Because obviously, there's other players who've got one, two brothers or sisters who have to juggle stuff, but they still make it on on time. So. That's been a bit frustrating for me the last month. So I'm just trying to think of ways, A, to maybe lay a few ground rules to the parents. And like I said, 90% of them are great and I've never had any problems. Um, and there's been other clubs, other teams at our club who've had massive issues with players not turning up constantly. Mm-hmm. And I've not had that. But there's, there's only these two kids who sort of give more two sets of parents who kind of give me an issue. Um, and then, then the other side of it's the player thing. So um, I've just been formulating ideas of how I'm going to deal with kind of messing around. So I guess they're two very different problems though, aren't they? So we can probably tackle them separately. I guess with the, with the late, well, you could break it down even further, can't you? So there's the persistent lateness is one thing. And then just not bothering to turn up to training and then only giving half an hour notice yeah. is is a different thing again. And and I, I guess it's a tough one, isn't it? Because we, we do spend a lot of time practice planning. Yep. Even if we don't write anything down, we're thinking about it 
how can Absolutely we make it correct. interesting yeah. and different you know different from last week and you know what is the end goal that we're trying to get to most parents unless they're coaches themselves probably yeah, don't yeah. even think no. about that they, they don't think of you actually spending any time whatsoever unless you didn't spend the time the training was a shambles and then they'd notice it yeah absolutely <laughs> um but i guess so, and again, it's it's far far easier when you're not in the eye of the storm to to cast opinion. Uh, but listening to what you're saying there, I guess the first thing is that that came across is that that you you haven't set ground rules, and it sounds like you know you've been pretty lucky to get a good group of parents, good group of lads, and so you haven't really had that problem the last the last yeah, season or so. And I think. Exactly, and um, it's not really been an issue. Like I said, I, I can't really think. There's, I mean, for example, there's never been any time that I've almost had to cancel a game because the player didn't have enough players. And I can only think of a couple of occasions where we've had hardly anybody at training. Um, and for the majority of it, 95% of the time, I've always had a good number to work with, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, it may be these parents think, well, we're not training at the club, it's off-season, we don't have to come, which is fair enough, but at least give me the notice or say, look, we're going to struggle to get there on a Thursday in the summer, yeah. for example. I, mean, I don't know what happens all of a sudden in the off-season that they can't come on a Thursday. I don't know. I don't know their personal situation. Well, one of them I do know that he he does he does another activity and obviously... I would expect him to prioritise football because he's made the commitment to it and paid all the money. But I think I think there's just a conflict there with one of them in that in the, it's it's almost like he probably sees football as a hobby and yeah. he's not maybe as serious about it as most of the other players in the team. Um, and a part of me was even surprised that because he's a good player and I wouldn't want to lose him, but part of me was actually surprised he's renewed for this season obviously I didn't want him to go I mean mm-hmm. I thought he's because if, I think his his mum kind of does all the football his dad doesn't really get involved in it which is kind of odd as well mm-hmm. I, you know you think the dad's not be the, the norm is it no so his mum has to kind of do everything um, and I think his dad's just kind of not he's got his own stuff to do so it's not like he will drop everything so his son can get to football so if his mum can't do it he doesn't come and that's kind mm-hmm. of that's a bit of an issue. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like it's it's down to me to sort of message that to the parents now and say, look, you know, we're going to under 11s. This is quite a big, it's quite serious, and you're all obviously committed to football, which is great. But also, you know, you it's probably me making them aware how much effort and work goes into what I'm doing, and maybe make them think because they might just think our oh, Ben spends 10 minutes the day before putting some things mm-hmm. together and turns up which you know for, fair enough because I've never they don't know what goes into it like you say but it's just maybe educating them a bit more and saying look I do put a plan together assuming a certain amount of players are going to be there and if players aren't there it kind of throws it into a bit of disarray so you know I will it underst- understandably people can't come every week but if you know in advance you need to let me know and as you have signed up and you're committed, I expect you to be at training pretty much every week unless something, you know, un- unexpected comes up or you're ill or whatever. And and obviously this year is going to be difficult because my age group and Elijah as well, they're looking at schools for secondary school and most of the secondary school open nights are on Thursdays. So there's going to be plenty of times, I think, in the early part of the season where kids aren't going to be able to come because they're looking at schools and that kind of thing. And you mm-hmm. can't know about that. But again, it's just that communication and that dialogue. So I've got to make sure from my side, before the season starts, I'll be saying, look, this is how I see the season panning out and working. This is what I'm doing towards training. And hopefully that might have a bit more of an impact. Yeah, so you're probably not going to solve everything. But at least no. if you express your expectations and, you know, if you if you can't make training, let me know the day before. Yeah, or as soon as possible. If you know something's happening on that Thursday, don't tell me an hour before if you know days in advance. Because I mean, that's just so. So I, I would, and and this is personal opinion more than best practice or anything. But yeah, that's why we're discussing I, it. So. I would say absolutely. I would say day before, 
And of course, there are exceptions. So if little Johnny falls over and breaks their leg, all right, <laughs> let you off if you let me know half an hour before. But that is an exception, and you need yeah. to recognize it as an exception. Yeah, absolutely. Not every week. Let me know half an hour before. Yeah. No, you can't. No, absolutely. That's that's the only thing that winds me up. Um, and one of the one of the players who's not. Uh, turned up for weeks you know his mum messaged me a couple of days ago said oh you know have you sent the details for the tournament out on Saturday and part of me thought oh, I, mean, I just I spoke to you about this didn't I I, I wasn't going to go with 10 players because I thought well I'm not going to take him because mm-hmm. I, I don't know if he's still available because I've not heard from him for a month and of course he is available because his mum's messaged me and I, I ummed and ahed and thought oh, shall I shall I include him or not and I thought just to save myself any fallout I've sort of said yeah you know here's the details, but I forgot to include you, sorry, sort of thing. So I've kind of backed down a bit, but I thought if there were other players ahead of him who said, oh, can I come and play in the tournament? I would have had to have said, look, I haven't heard from you for a month. Mm -hmm. So no, he can't play, which would have been a bit, then I'd have felt harsh because initially she said, yeah, we're available on that date. So yeah, part of me was a little bit in a quandary about that. But in the end, I thought, you know, just for, for group harmony, let's just. Oh, yeah. I will be, I'd have probably know. probably done the same myself. Um, yeah. But the the missed opportunity again is is that setting the expectations first, isn't it? So if you set the expectation at the start of the season, look, if you miss, it, well, let, let me think a different way. So if you express it in a positive, so those who come to training will get more time on the pitch in when it comes to match days. Yeah. And I do that anyway. You know, well, again, so we, we do unofficially as well. Um, and, and I think I've on my side, I, I'm thinking I, I need to do the same. So I'm, I'm, we're talking about your scenario, but I think I need to do the same to be honest. Um, and, and just put it on the table there. Look, if you turn up to training regularly, you are going to get more time on the pitch than if you don't turn up to training regularly. It is that simple. Yeah. And if it comes up to tournaments and who's going to go so we can't take everyone, the guys who turn up to training regularly are the ones who are going to go. Absolutely. I'm going to keep... I don't know if you do it, but I, I'm going to keep a log of every who comes to every training session. I didn't last year. You know, I'll have yeah, a big spreadsheet yeah. this year and I will put who does come. Um, but like I said, I didn't really need to because... You know, out of a squad of 10, I would say eight of them were there every single week and didn't miss a session, which is which is brilliant because, again, like I said, look at other teams at our club and they've sometimes got f- five players because half the team haven't turned up and they all yeah, yeah. magically appear on a match day. So, yeah, you know, it's kind of that. It's just that commitment, really. It's just kind of... I don't know about your parents if you've had any had similar issues or if they're... Kind of, I, I think, I, so again, differentiating our our environments, if you like. So I'm, I'm dealing with girls football. This is the first girls team that we've had in the club. And so we're trying to entice people in with the, with the carrot, if you like. Mm-hmm. So it's, it hasn't been appropriate to, to dish out the stick. And I think we possibly have become a bit lax with that. And, you know, so we have a Facebook messenger group. So that's how, I mean, uh, I think almost everyone nowadays, don't they? They'll have a WhatsApp group or a Facebook messenger group, or they'll have some kind of social media where you can communicate with the parents. So most of the time, you know, you'll you'll put out a message a few days before or a week before a match, say, or a week before training, who's turning up to to training. And I, I just think in the in the last couple of months, we've probably had more girls not turn up than turn up. Yep. Now a complicating factor to that is we, we have been running this Wildcat Center. So I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but the FA is spending a lot of money on getting more girls into football. 
So they've come up with this whole Wildcats initiative and they're putting millions into it over the next five, six years. So we've we've been setting up these um these sessions and running the the girls' training session in parallel. So I've always got kind of, you know, in between twelve to eighteen girls to coach. Yep. But when I when I stand back far enough, you know quite often that's made up from girls who who are just there for the wildcat sessions not there as part of the team yeah. and so we've probably had about six ish of those sessions and I, and i think you know if i'm to be critical of myself i haven't really focused enough on the team in those sessions it's just like i'm i'm quite honestly more thinking crikey how do i scale up you know this plan works quite nicely up to about 14 <laughs> you know seven decided more how the hell do i you know i've been more focused on that in the sessions Mm. but actually and and you know after the sessions i'm thinking oh that didn't scale up very well how could i do something different so that most of my mind space has been occupied with that but when i refocus back on the team i think the fact that we haven't we haven't had many games for a while, and actually we had loads of games postponed and cancelled uh, over the Christmas and and sort of January February time. It was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Um, and so since then, you know, we haven't had too many games, and although we've had the odd tournament, it's not quite the same and actually we we were going to go ahead and we were going to train all the way through the summer and i'm actually wondering now if that's a good idea or not part of me thinks you know what we we should consider at least whether we have you know even if it's two weeks and we say right this two weeks we're going to stop knock yourself out at the weekend do whatever you want when we come back, we're in pre-season then. And yeah. so you've got a very definite stop to one season and a start to a pre-season. Mm. So that's the only, uh, well, apart from having a break itself, <laughs> you know, because I, I won't have a break. I'll be still doing the Wildcat stuff. But yeah. to give everyone just a, a mental kind of, right, put a full stop on that bit. We're starting something new. and then at that point, set the expectations. Whereas if you carry on week on week on week, there's no end and no real opportunity to just say, right, draw a line under that. This is how it's going to be going forward. Yeah, that's fair enough. So I, I think I think we'll consider that. We've got, we've got one more tournament coming up and then I think maybe, I mean, I'm, going away for a couple of weeks. So I know I won't be doing it then, but maybe I'll have a word with the head coach and maybe think about whether we do draw that line. Mm. Yeah. It's the same for me. I'll be doing it up to a point and then we'll, we'll be into people finish school and going on holidays. There's kind of no point then. So yeah, we'll have at least probably a month off five, six weeks, maybe. I don't know. If, If I'll say, you know, if people want to come on Thursday and have a kick about, I'm happy to do it. If not, no pressure. We'll just, I'll set an official date when they're back at school, late August, whatever, start of September. So this is the official training date. So I I know how you love my abstract stories and stuff. So I don't think I have a really good Swiss Tony type analogy, but that's disappointing. I will tell, well, maybe I'll, I'll start saying it and then maybe I'll think of one, but I will tell you, and I don't think I've told you this in the past. So years and years ago, I was I was in like various bands, but one in particular, um, you know, got on with the lads really, really well. And, you know, we, we were going around the Manchester unsigned circuit for a while. And, and you know, you're, you're busy trying to be a pop star and uh, and all that. You know, this is all post-Oasis time and then you sort of get old and get a real job (laughs) but anyway we had um so so i was never uh what i would say a talented musician i just worked hard at what i did 
you know, nothing came easy for me. It was, it was all through graft. And I was out with the, you know, two of the other blokes. So the, so the band had split up by this point and we met up and, and we were getting drunk in Barcelona and we ended up having this discussion about whether being in a band is fun or not. Mm. And the other two guys were, of course it's fun. And I'm saying, no, it's not. It's hard work. <laughs> and the, the trouble is, I mean, we were about 10 pints in by this point. So none of it was particularly coherent or, you know, making much sense. We, we were all making sense to ourselves, but we were all talking loudly, but not really hearing each other. So, but we were all stuck in our positions and not really changing. So I, I was saying it is serious, you know, because if, if I'm not doing my job, you lot can't do your job. And, but at the time, you know, the two guys were, no, no, it's fun. Of course it is. It's just a laugh. That's, that's what it is. And then you know, we sort of laugh about it, you know, uh, after that, after we'd all sobered up and everything. And they came around to my way of thinking that, and I, I didn't have, if I'd have had this phrase on the night, I think I'd have won the argument. I, I won it after, but only after everyone has sobered up. It's serious fun. And as soon as, so it was one of the other lads who said that to me and I thought, yep, yep, that is it. That nails it. Those two words nail it. Of course it's enjoyable. That's why we do it. But if you're just turning up unprepared, just you want to have a laugh, you know, you're letting everyone else down. So for me, we're talking about two completely different things there, but you're essentially talking about a group of people trying to work in cohesion to achieve some sort of goal. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go. Serious fun. No, I think you've nailed it there. And that probably takes us into the, the player behavior, which obviously we mentioned at the start. Um, and that's interesting you say that because the one, one of the lads, um, who hasn't been coming to training, he is a bit, I kind of get that's when I said before about it's a hobby. I kind of, mm-hmm. that's how it comes across because he's, he's pretty, he's good. He's got a bit of talent, but I, th- I think he could take it or leave it is the impression I get. Um, I don't see him doing it long term. I might be proved wrong, but I don't see the same sort of uh, concentration and that kind of ad- positive attitude. And it's just a little bit different with him. Um and that manifests itself in the sort of messing around. Um, and he can be a bit of a handful, to be honest. Uh, and I think when he's with, you know, like I said, a couple of other kids in the team, I'm finding myself already with this, with the new players joining, I'm sort of speaking, I'm sort of saying to the players more about listening and not messing around. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point I'm having, I'm having to now, when, we're, when they're stood around in a group and I'm talking to them, I have to move them apart. I have to tell them to st- stand at opposite ends of the, players each each end um to stop it because it's just disruptive and you know when you've got the majority of kids looking at you listening and you know I, my thing is i i say okay i'm not going to say anything until i know you've stopped and i said the longer i stand here i'll just have to start again what i'm saying it means we've got less time to play football mm-hmm. and that, that does tend to do the trick but i'm fine i have to say that more and more so again I didn't really need to last year in terms of ground rules because they were pretty much good as gold. If anyone, the only primary player who gave me any issues was Elijah, obviously because he's my son. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and he got read the right out by his mum last week, actually, because he was messing around at training again and he got, his, his Deb ripped him to pieces when she got home. So. <laughs> oh, really? Well, was yeah, she, yeah. she at training? No, no, but she, she said, oh, I was at training. and um, uh, so, right, okay. I, wasn't, I didn't even... You know, rip into him. I just said, oh, you know, he was doing this when I was trying to do this, and his his attitude wasn't great when I was doing you that. Grass. Was, <laughs> yeah, but went pretty easy to you know, and I found it frustrating to deal with again because I because it keeps cropping up every now and then. Just when I think we've got past it, and mm-hmm. um, I think she was so annoyed because she'd said before we went to training, she said to him, "Make sure you behave and you don't play up for your dad," and he did. Mm. Um, so she was really, really angry with him. Um, 
So he's kind of, yeah, he's kind of on his last warning. So we'll see. Um, but anyway, so yeah, so last season it was generally okay, but I can just see this season with the sort of mix we've got. And again, it's only a few that there's going to be a few issues in terms of messing around. So I've come up with a few kind of ground rules and ways I'm going to be disciplining if I have to. So not that I like that word, but um, yeah, I will be laying out the law in terms of this is what I expect. It is fun. I want you to enjoy yourselves. But when we're trying to talk to you and show you stuff and coach you and improve you, and whether I'm talking or Stu's talking or the players are talking because I've asked their opinion and their input, if you're not listening and you're messing around and you're trying to play jokes on people when you should be listening, these are the con- this is this is how I'm going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be a warning. Then if it happens again, they'll be asked to sit out for five minutes. Then they will then have, they're not allowed to come and join back in until they've apologised to the rest of the group for being disruptive. If it happens again, they get another five minutes. So it'll be ten minutes. So it goes up in five minute kind of increments for them to sit mm-hmm. out. Um, and if they get if I do ask them to sit out even for five minutes, they don't start the game at the weekend and they play less than everybody else. And that's I think the only way I can kind of try and get the message home that you know you're only here for an hour. If you want to mess about, don't come. Go and do something else. But when you're here for the hour, but I want you to have fun and enjoy it. But part of that is listening to what we're trying to get you to do uh, and trying to make you better and improve. So that's my kind of plan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, I, I guess with the girls it's different. I want to watch Evie's team and they don't seem to have any, you know, they talk a little bit, but there's no, no hijinks or fat. I think it's just a boy <laughs> thing, to be honest, in terms of that playing up and trying to get other people in trouble and, you know, standing there tickling people and sniggering behind people, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so, Which is really annoying, but it's a, I'll, I'll see that more of as, a, as a boy thing. So, uh, and, and I, th- I feel like I can sort of speak about this one. So one of the things I didn't mention was, uh, which weekend was it now? It, it was after the tournament. So we had an awards day and we, across the age groups, so, so, we split up the teams, you know, within an age group. So there were a number of teams, say under 10s, boys and girls, and we just split all the teams across evenly. And we had six different teams and we had a little mini tournament there. So I ended up with, you know, um, what was this? Five aside, I think. So I ended up, I had one of, one of the girls who I normally coach and then four, four boys. And it was really interesting. So you're with this pseudo team for the day that, you know, I'd I'd never met these these kids before, apart from the one girl, like I say. And so I did notice things like that, that, you know, when you're you're talking to them, like, so the girls, when when they get to training, they're not, they don't necessarily just pick up the ball and start booting it around, trying to score goals and whatever, trying to do as try and do as many keepy uppies as, as they can, things like that. They they do sort of have a little bit of a chat. Now, un- until you sort of give them something structured to actually do. So it's kind of interesting there. With the boys, they were definitely, you know, more just just boisterous and, and kind of wanting to blast the ball at each other and stuff like that. So I think there is a fundamental difference there just at that age. And of course, of course there are always exceptions, but as a rule of thumb, they're definitely just a bit more kind of mischievous and, uh, boisterous, I think is as good a word as any. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, this just goes, it's just irritating. Well, it's just every single time you're trying to speak and it's kind of not just, it's not just, you know, look at, you know, not paying attention. It's just kind of talking behind hands and sniggering and poking other kids, you know, all that sort of stuff, which I don't, I don't like seeing that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I guess it's interesting that, isn't it? Because I, I, I guess if we'd have had teacher training, they might give you some, some good tools. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the simple things, isn't there? Like your tone of voice. So have an authoritarian voice. 
you know so if you go if you're like you know oh don't do that you know they're not well, going to listen to you at all are they definitely good with the authoritarian voice mate yeah <laughs> but um i tell you what my old coach would do right horrocks you're off for laps three laps yeah that's not a bad one I, I mean, I, I don't know if that's, I don't, <laughs> is that Maybe up there was, with corporal punishment? I, yeah, I don't know, can you do that these days? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we did, when I was on my course, we asked the tutor about it and he, he, he kind of said, and this, I'm, sort of, I was kind of taking this approach, not that I had to, but this is the approach I would have taken even before he said it, but he actually said, kind of similar to what I've just said to you, he said, you know, you give him a warning, he said, he said, what I sometimes do is if I've excluded a player, so I'll make him stand with me when I'm coaching and mm-hmm. he has to follow me around the pitch. So if I'm walking around the pitch coaching, he has to stand there and follow me. And, and it go, he goes, you know, I'll, and I'll speak to him and just say, you know, what, what were you doing back there? Why did you do that? You know, what, were you, what, was, your, what was your purpose of doing it? Sort of thing, you know, and just sort of ask him questions about it. And then when he's had time to, that time to think, then you let him go and join back in again. So... Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. So I could do that rather than let them sit out and maybe just have a chat as we walk around. So I'll, I'll see how it goes. I mean, I'm hoping it won't come to that, but this kid's a bit, the one who does, who I've got in mind is causing me a few problems. He's a bit of a handful when he's with certain people who happen to be in the team. So we'll have to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, that I will definitely now be laying out because I've got a bigger squad as well and there's more people I think there will be a case of me staying right I'm not going to mention it every week we'll talk about it before the season starts so everybody knows where they stand and I'll probably mention it to the parents as well so they know and I'll say this is what I expect this is how I will deal with it and that's it and it should be simple yeah yeah it is interesting, isn't it? Because at the end of the day, you know, these are just little people, aren't they? You know, mm. on the pitch, you know, they, they're players and we're focused on that technical and tactical side of it. But, um, you know, you're just talking about a group of of individuals, aren't you? And especially yeah. at, the, at this age now, they're really, I mean, they have got formed personalities right now but they're still forming aren't they yeah you know even, so even now it's interesting you can see the ones who are very attentive and you can even and they you can hear them saying shut up stop messing around you know mm-hmm. in that in that situation so they you know that that's kind of a good thing as my captain's good at that he's, he's one of the first to say shut up stop because we can't we're not gonna be able to do anything so some of them do get it um which is a good thing and like I said, most of them don't give me any trouble. Um, I mean, just they- just to throw something else in there. I mean, you mentioned about you know, until you stop, you know, until you stop, we're not going to start again. You're kind of punishing the whole group, aren't you? Yeah, and I guess I, I guess I just wanted to throw it out there, just so you're aware of it, because again, I don't have the perfect answer, but it. It's just something that occurs to me that you don't. You, ideally, you don't want to punish the group for no, exactly, which the is minority. Why, no, exactly, which is why I'm going to do this thing where they'll be told once they do it again, they go and sit out, and the people who do want to listen, mm-hmm. we can we can crack on and get on with it, and that person can miss out. Yeah, rather than me, yeah, exactly. Rather than me standing there going, "Well, let's wait two minutes for the whole for two people to stop talking." Yeah, and the other ten or eleven are stood there waiting, listening. It'll be like, well, actually, you're not paying attention. So, you know, you go over there. This guy, this lot here want to listen and play. So we'll do that. And you go and have a think about it. Simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Then you, yeah. Remove, then you remove that problem. And the players who who are wanting to get on with it are um, not punished. So, like I said, it'll, it sounds all extreme. It hopefully won't be that. But I've just seen little signs recently that that could happen quite a lot with a few. So we'll see how it goes. Well, I think there's, there's a couple of things, isn't there? So, you know, we can, we can revisit this in a few months' time and see how it's gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. has it improved things? Has it made things worse? Is it the same? Um, but also, the the thing that's that that's gnawing away at my mind here is, I, I keep thinking Ravel Morrison. <laughs> so, I'm sure you know when you mentioned about the lad who's pretty good you know but he just sees it as a bit of a hobby 
Yeah. I'm kind of thinking Ravel Morrison, you know, who I'm sure at every level at school ran rings around everyone because innately, whatever it takes to be a very good footballer, he just had. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how old is he now. Is he like 25 or something? But He's probably about that age, I would think. Yeah. I mean, but he'll never play in the Premier League. He'll never play for his country, even though he had bags of talent. And the other thing that, that's gnawing away at the back of my mind there is is I remember, um, I can't remember if he was acting as a pundit or something like that, but I remember Steven Gerrard going on about he hates the word talent because it's not about talent, in his opinion. You know, it is about the hard work. You can have all the talents, but if you don't have that work ethic, you're going to get nowhere. You will not forget about being a great player. You will not make it as a professional or any level if you don't know how to put in the the hard work. Absolutely. And and I know it it sounds a little bit extreme. We're talking about under 10s here, but again, you you're talking about little people who are going to grow up, you know, to whether it's football, probably not football, you know, law of averages, mm. but they're going to have some kind of job. You know, I, I think it's personally, I think, I think it's good to have a bit of discipline. Yeah. You take you know, it forward in every aspect of life. It's not just yeah, on Thursday for an hour's training session. Exactly. It's a whole attitude to stuff. And we've had issues with Elijah recently with his attitude to stuff whether it's football or homework or, you know, swimming, whatever it is, he's had to be spoken to because he's gone through the motions at times and it's like you need to snap out of it. Mm-hmm. If you think you're something, you're not going to put the work in. You know, you've got no chance. Um, obviously, that's a, going a bit deeper into it. But, um, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. You take it into every aspect of life. And I think when you've got them for that hour, it's got to be you've got to get the best out of that hour. And that means focused, um, not wasting time dealing with disciplinary stuff. And um, like I said, just working with those players who want to listen and, and learn. So, yeah, it's definitely a good idea to revisit this and see how uh, how it's going on that front. Hopefully fine, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's all part, of the, all part of the journey. It is, absolutely. Okay, so we've been going for a while. So should we wrap up there? Yeah, sounds good. Let's do it. Okay, so let's go through some plugs. Have you got any plugs for us, Ben? Yes, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we've got the Chat Footy podcast where we're talking about the World Cup every couple of days. That's Dave and myself and uh, Dave's friend Chris from the Comics in Motion podcast. And we've got some other guests as well from other associated podcasts that um, Dave especially does. Um, So give that a listen. That's at Chat Footy on Twitter. So the other podcast is chat footy gossip podcast so key extra word in there so that's a that's a daily podcast which is intended to be five minutes or less to bring you up to speed with the latest transfer speculation and gossip and so if you want to just have a listen to that on the car that's uh, quite a handy way to catch up on all the latest news the other podcast I'll mention is the Comics in Motion podcast. So that's more about we review media like movies, TV shows, and games that are based on comic books. And that's another weekly show as well. Um, so if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we're on Twitter at Groots Coachcast. And we've got a Gmail account, grassrootscoachcast at gmail.com. So get in touch if you like what you hear and got any feedback, uh, let us know. Okay, brilliant. Thanks a lot for listening, guys. And again, we'll have a show out again in a couple of weeks. But if you're getting withdrawal symptoms, get yourself across to chat footy and listen to some World Cup chat as well. Thanks a lot, Ben. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Take it easy.